fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Fun show for you today. We are looking ahead to the NFL draft, bringing on Chris Trapasso to talk about one of the most interesting, uh, exciting, maybe potential busts uh, that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I could go in the top five. DK Metcalf going to break him down. Welcome, everybody. We also have to talk about some professional players like Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham and Nick Boyle. Should we lead the show with Nick Boyle? Is that what sells? Again. <laughs> the Ravens signed tight end Nick Boyle to a three-year, $18 million deal. Uh, I'm Adam. He's Dave. And here's Jamie. Hey. Hey, Jamie. All right. So we've got uh, news. I've got a new game called Which Is More? It needs a new name. We can work on that. <laughs> and <laughs> Twitter polls. What's the latest with Antonio Brown? Why don't we start with the same thing we've been starting with for weeks? Again? Yeah, real quick, because it brings us to our fun Twitter polls. What's the latest? Yeah. Um, I think they probably have an offer that they like or willing to accept on the table. Who that team is, I don't know. My guess would be the Raiders. And they're probably trying to see if they get something more. So that's this whole Friday deadline thing. Yeah, so it's Thursday right now. He could get traded tomorrow. And he could. He could. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to beat the March 17th deadline where they'd have to pay him the $2.5 million bonus. Yeah, I'd like for them to like really beat that deadline and trade him during our show today. That would be nice. <laughs> but it does bring us to this Twitter poll. Here we go. Antonio Brown, if he lands with the rate, this is from Dave. Dave got almost 8,000 votes. I've never approached 8,000 votes. Uh, let's I have 8,000 followers. I have more than that. They all vote. Uh, let's say Antonio Brown lands with the Raiders. Where are you drafting him? Round one. Round two. Round three. Round never. So, Dave, where would you draft Brown on the Raiders? I would draft him in late round two, and round two won the poll with 41% oh. of the vote. Spoiler alert. It's okay. We were going to tell everybody in like the next... 30 seconds anyway. I voted you just for, you wanted to tell the results. I, you, you stole my job. I voted, right. for, I voted for another option. Which one did you vote for? What, what do you think? you think I voted for round one for Antonio Brown or round three? Or round never? I didn't vote for both. Because I think never. there's someone in this room that might say round never. But <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think it would be you, Adam. I think you would say round three. Correct. I voted for round three. Dave Jamie, you would vote two. for round never? No, I would take him in uh, you know, like the... End of the third, fourth round. Okay. I mean, round never is just stupid for a player of his caliber. I know what you're doing. I mean, it wasn't a stupid question, but nobody's going to not offended. take him. <laughs> I'm offended. Everybody's going to take him if he's draft if he's uh, continues to slip. But it, it this just feels like a disaster waiting to happen with this guy. I mean, you know, what's his commitment level to the game when he says he could walk away and and is okay with it? You know, how much is the money going to be a factor for him if he gets traded to a team that says, nope, we're just going to play out your contract and Take it or leave it. If if the compensation that they're giving up is not anything significant, which I don't think it's going to be significant, so um, I, I I really worry about where he's at with his head toward the game. He's a great player when he's focused and motivated, which he has appeared to be uh, for the majority of his career up through 16 weeks last season until he walked away from the Steelers in an important game in Week 17. So it's just uh it, it's it's very troubling to think of what Antonio Brown's um level of motivation is and and it's 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 clearly all speculation i hope he goes to a team that will utilize him to the same level and he can play at the same level but i'm just concerned about it there is some some news on a minor scale adam for a player that you once upon a time were very fond of oh wait is it michael floyd no is it defensive player defensive three names three names demarcus van dyke no demarcus Uh, van dyke (laughs) no i know who it is it's uh dominique rogers cromarty yes he is going to play again Oh, he's unretiring. Okay, yeah, we definitely can't leave the show with that, but that's good to know. Good to have uh, Dominic Rogers Cromarty back. So here's the second Twitter poll in relation to Derek Carr or in relation to Antonio Brown on the Raiders, and this was my Twitter poll, and it's only been up for three hours, so don't make fun of me. But it has 1,245 votes. If Antonio Brown goes to the Raiders, Derek Carr is a blank, and of course that led to people saying mean things about Derek Carr instead of voting. Uh, top ten quarterback. Top 15 quarterback, top 20 quarterback, outside the top 20. Well, I mean, he'll be the backup to Kyler Murray, so 
<laughs> yes, one person did say not on the Raiders as a write-in answer. I guess there's a chance of that. It's slim. I, I think Oakland's stuck. That's too much. They're giving them like 20 mil this year. So what do you think? Top 10, top 15, top 20, or outside the top 20? I'll say top 20. Uh, top 20. Unless they draft another quarterback with one of their remaining first-round picks, because I assume it'll take one of those first-round picks to get A.B. Because if they get another quarterback, and, and Derek Carr, I spent some time watching some of his throws this week in anticipation of Antonio Brown going to the Raiders. And he, just out of nowhere, will make horrible, horrible throws. <laughs> some are just in the dirt. Some are directly to the defensive player. He's it a horrible is, quarterback. He, uh, horrible is a strong word. He's he's right. a system quarterback in an offense where making plays after the catch is huge. And that's where Antonio Brown can win in Oakland is by running a route inside of 10 yards, making a man miss, and boom, he's gone. And suddenly Derek Carr has 350 yards. And, yeah, uh, but those days of him doing that consistently are gone. Of his, Antonio Brown doing it consistently? Yes, his with yards, Derek his, Carr, his yards per be. catch suggest that. Even with Roethlisberger, his yards per catch suggest that. I'm not, I'm not sure that that's the case. I'm not ready to say that about Antonio. He's Brown. never going to be the same receiver because he's getting older and he has more time to sh- or, or better talent around him. I mean, he was on a team that didn't have a significant number two receiver for the majority of his time there. Wait, so you're saying the Raiders have more talent? No, I'm saying that in in a, in a, in a scenario where he's with, I guess let me explain it a little further. Okay. If he's in a scenario with somebody that's that's uh, a, a quality playmaker, he's not going to be a dominant force. And if he's on a team that has the same level of quarterback that he's going to, a.k.a. the Raiders, he's not going to be the same dominant force. He's just not the same guy anymore. I, well, there's I, no way he's going to have as many touchdowns. Yeah, I, I, I still I think, think he gets... I think he could still flirt with 90 catches, 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns if he goes to Oakland. No, I'll take the under. No, I think he can get on that. Seven from touchdowns? Derek well, obviously he can, but I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, yeah. I, I, I'm going to take the under on it. So, Antonio Brown, just the, the thing, I, I brought this up before with his yards per catch. It was 12.5. That's pretty low for him he was a 15 catch 15 yard 15 yard per catch guy okay but it was 12.1 in 2016 and then 15.2 in 2017 2017 was basically his best season so i the number that actually does concern me more is not more but also concerns me is the catch rate 62 percent two straight seasons he was 68.8 percent or better from 2014 to 2016. So catching fewer targets, yards per catch down in two of the last three years. But I do think it's important to note that it did spike way back up in 2017 after we had similar conversations about Brown in 2016. But if you listen to this podcast all the time, you've heard the spiel, so I won't uh, beat a dead horse. By the way, you guys were wrong. Derek Carr, according to my Twitter followers, who are the best Twitter followers, is a top 15 quarterback, just barely edging out top 20 quarterback with 40% of the vote compared to 38% for top 20. Adam, I don't think we revealed the rest of the results for the original oh. Twitter poll, the Antonio Brown of the Raiders. Where would you take him? Well, can I two, do it? Sure. Go ahead. Thank you. Round two got 41%. Round pretty- three was 30%. <laughs> round one, 12% and round never 17%. So round one finished last. Why did you do that? Yeah, I would take, I would be more likely to take Brown in round one. If I said to you, you can have Antonio. No, that's a stupid way to phrase it. What? What's more realistic, Brown in round one or Brown in round four with the Raiders? I don't think either of those are going to be realistic because there's going to be enough people who draft. Brown in round four is much more realistic. Do you think so? 100%. I think there's going to be at least one dude in every there's, draft there's, that there's, will take Antonio Brown before round four. Then they haven't been paying attention that they're drafting me in their fantasy leagues. Um, I, I think <laughs> you look at you look at uh, the, the group of running backs that are certainly going to go ahead of him, even if he's in Pittsburgh. And then you talk about Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham. There's no chance with those running backs and those five receivers that he's going ahead of those guys. But there's, there's no also chance. no chance he's going to go in round four. That he's it's going more to likely that to... it's more likely that he slips past the first three rounds because people are saying, "Well, what have it's the Raiders produced with, with Derek?" The and, and what did the Raiders do with Amari Cooper? Yeah, very, okay. very, very little the last two seasons. Okay, let's uh, see. We have Chris coming on, so and and there's going to be breaking news soon about Antonio Brown. 
because of that, we will move on. Programming note. We usually have a show on Monday. We're going to record on Tuesday because free agency opens on Monday. And we'll, we'll have a bunch of news to break down and talk about on Tuesday's show. So uh, just wait a little bit longer and we'll get you a show on Tuesday. And then another one on most likely Thursday, perhaps Friday. Uh, here's an email. Email of the day is from Aaron. Aaron says, Dear Wayne, Daryl, and Dan. Wayne Brady. Daryl Hall and Dan Marino. Three entertainers. What is David Johnson worth in Dynasty picks? I have the first overall pick, and I really need a wide receiver. Uh, but I also like Alabama running back Josh Jacobs. Do you think I should trade Johnson for the number two overall pick? That would give him number one and no. two. No. Keep David Johnson. What is his value? If you, if you could trade value? David Johnson for a pick and a veteran... Yeah, it's it's just not a great draft class. It's a defensive heavy draft class. Um, like DK Metcalf, we're going to talk about him. Is he going to be the first pick in dynasty leagues? No. Who is Jacobs? It, it, dep- it depends. Probably on Jacobs. So you'd rather have David Johnson than Josh Jacobs in a dynasty league? Uh, it depends where Jacobs goes. Like if he goes to Philly, it's interesting. I still have David Johnson, but it's just interesting. Uh, Tampa. Which I don't know if his skill set fits there, but still, it's a good system for the next couple of years if Bruce Arians decides to keep coaching. So Johnson was basically 10th last year, right around 10th in both formats. And they had a terrible offense. It's if, funny, though, 1,300 total yards and 10 touchdowns, and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, and it, it, you know, it feels terrible, it but does. that's what his numbers were. 3.6 yards per carry. Obviously, you know, he, he just got a lot of touches, got 100% of the carries inside the five, as we know. Uh, but it seems like if you're in a dynasty league, now might be a great time to buy low on David Johnson. Yeah, if you're if you have a team that's ready to win now, you don't want to give up, you know, someone of youth to get him. You can give up 1.01 to get him. Right. So if you believe in any of these rookie running backs, which I don't think a lot of people are going to view better than David Johnson, which they shouldn't. At least, again, for a short-term situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, just imagine what he'll do once he's surrounded by better talent. If he's getting 1,310 with a bunch of jabronis on the offensive line and Mike McCoy is the offensive coordinator in that playbook there all year, it's it, the sky's the limit for him, and we've yeah. seen it from him before. We've seen 2,000 total yards from him before. And 20 touchdowns. Oh, baby. So it looks like he was the only—this is cool. I mean, people, you know— Make fun of me for yards per carry? Could this be right? I'm, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to get this stat. It, he might be the only top twenty running back with a yards per carry below four point five, which is amazing. Adrian Peterson was at four point two. I will get a stat, and, and this is why yards per carry does matter to me. And I will tell it to you after I, I have to figure it out. We're going to have Chris on in a second to talk about DK Metcalf. Well, sorry, I have to actually do all the calculations here. Very complicated stuff. Let's play a game. It's called Which is More? A working title. Which is more, guys? Fantasy-relevant wide receivers on Houston or fantasy-relevant wide receivers on Buffalo, Baltimore, and Dallas combined? Which is more in terms of what? Like how – like. The number of fantasy relevant receivers on Houston. Oh, or I'll take the Buffalo, Baltimore, the, Dallas combined. I I will take the Bills, Ravens, and Cowboys combined. I'll take the Texans. Ooh, okay, good. See, this is a great game. This is a great segment. Go ahead, debate while I get my awesome Todd Gurley stat. Well, the better fantasy receivers are going to be on the Texans, but I think that you're only going to have two. I think DeAndre Hopkins is obviously going to be one. I think Will Fuller's the other. Uh, remains to be seen if Kiki QT will be fantasy relevant when the other two guys are healthy. Oh, are we saying that what they did or where they're going to do? What's well, the going way to do that in I'm 2019? This, <laughs> it's the, a the terrible game. This, oh, okay. this isn't this isn't what would you rather have on your fantasy team? Would you rather have the Texans st- fantasy relevant receivers or those other guys? It's the number. Yeah, of yeah, fantasy yeah. The number. relevant receivers. Which is greater, the number of right. fantasy relevant? So I'm saying relevant, that yeah. there are going to be two very fantasy relevant receivers on Houston. And by default, I think I can get three out of Buffalo, Baltimore, and Dallas. Who name them? Let's go with Cooper. Yes. Gallup. Really? And uh, Bobby Foster. I think it's Zay Jones and Cooper. 
And I like I think the answer could definitely be Houston. I feel like out of Buffalo, Baltimore, like you have zero from Baltimore right now. Well, I mean, look, we Buffalo, Buffalo and Baltimore are adding receivers. receivers. They have to. Baltimore, certainly. They're not running it well. They might run a four tight end set. So, all right, we'll just have fun with it. We'll they just do it right Nick now. Boyle. We'll just do it right now. Uh, I, you know, I, if it's I right think now, I'll still take the Texans. The Texans. You could also yeah. say tie, by the way. No, I take the Texans. I would take the Texans on my fantasy team. I will say that there are more fantasy relevant receivers on Buffalo, Baltimore, and Dallas. Because if you were drafting it, you would draft Hopkins one, yes. Cooper two, yes. Fuller three, and then four becomes interesting because I would lean to what you're saying, Dave. I'd probably take Gallup over uh, Kiki, but and Zay Jones probably over Kiki, but listening to Bill O'Brien at the Combine talk about what he thinks Kiki QT could do when healthy and what he showed us what he could do when healthy, uh, he might be better than those guys playing the slot for Houston, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Houston threw, threw, attempted the six fewest pass attempts in the NFL. That uh, that hurts their ability to have three fantasy relevant, or at least it, well, it might never, be back and saw, forth. We never saw all three guys healthy at the same time. We did. I looked at the game logs. It was very brief, but I think QT and Fuller played like four games together and only had one game where they both had good fantasy games. I did not check if Hopkins was good in that game. I'm just going to assume he was. Uh, right, what, Probably safe. Which is greater? I like that title better. The number of Cam Newton rushing touchdowns or the number of Rashad Penny rushing touchdowns in 2019? And we're assuming Cam is on the field week one. Yeah. Cam. I'm going to call for the tie. <laughs> That's what, right. They're yeah. both going to have five. Five? Five. Okay. Cam versus Penny. I won't belabor that. Which is, this is my favorite one, which is greater, the number of Todd Gurley total touchdowns or Lamar Jackson passing touchdowns? <laughs> for reference for people out there, Gurley had 19 touchdowns rushing and receiving in 2017 and 21 in 2018. We know he's going to have a reduced workload and he's got the knee injury. Lamar Jackson threw six touchdowns last year and he made seven starts and in those seven starts he threw five touchdowns. So uh, which is which is greater, Todd Gurley's touchdowns or Lamar Jackson's passing touchdowns? I'll say Gurley. I'll say Lamar Jackson. I think he'll throw for 15. Or uh, total touchdowns? No, throwing, passing. Passing. Total I'll, touchdowns I'll say, for Gurley. I'll say he'll throw 15. Okay. I don't think Gurley gets back to that number again. I I am concerned that Lamar Jackson will not last 16 games. Oh, Just yeah. as I'm concerned that Todd Gurley might not last 16 games, but I think Gurley has the chance to have more total touchdowns. All right, one thing we want to do for you uh, going forward is kind of profile some draft prospects and could be a recurring segment. Not next week, though. We'll have plenty of free agency to talk about. But let's give this a shot. Let's see what we got. We're going to talk about DK Metcalf. We're going to come back with Chris Trapasso right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. NFL draft writer Chris Trapasso. I loved your story on DK Metcalf. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Thanks for coming on, Chris. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So what was it like hanging out with Jamie uh, in Indianapolis at the Combine? Did you get like a bunch Jamie, of people coming up for autographs and stuff? Yeah, I mean, beyond that, I mean, Jamie genuinely seems like the nicest person working in Fantasy Football Today. What the? You haven't even wow. met me. Like, I'm nice. True, true. <laughs> I, I got you fooled, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're 100% Thank you for that. right. I appreciate on it. That. It was fun hanging out with you, too, Greg. You're 100% right. Hey, talk, talk to me about Metcalf. And um, he seems to me like one of the most interesting prospects in a long time. Yeah, and I mean, his combine kind of encapsulates that, that he ran a 4 3 3 in the 40, you know, all the Twitter pictures that we uh, surfaced the few days and a few weeks before. Before the combine, he had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. Um, seemed like he tested through the roof. And then later that I wrote in my story for CBSSports.com, his three-cone and his short shuttle times were posted, and they were historically bad. They were as bad as his 40 and his vertical and his broad jump were good. Um, in the two-percentile and third-percentile, um, 
respectively at the wide receiver position. Um, so that instantly threw up red flags. You know, can this guy not change directions? I don't think he's that stiff just from watching him on film or what those two drills would indicate. Um, but he's definitely not someone you really want running uh, complex routes or changing directions. If you let him get the ball on bubble screens, certainly on go routes, uh, maybe slants and posts, but comebacks, post corners, any route that has multiple um, breaks in it, that's not how you want to use DK Metcalf. So I think he's very sensitive to the scheme that he ultimately lands in. When you watched his film, how many different types of routes did you notice him running? Because uh, I've, I've got it ballparked at about. Oh, four. can I can I interject though and just just promote the article that Chris wrote because he he gives like a nice little video breakdown of different things that Metcalf does. Um, so yes, now now you can answer. I'm sorry, but I just wanted yeah, to Dave. That. I was going to say three or four. I think he ran a slant. He ran a post. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely a go route, and mm-hmm. there was one that I saw him do um, against LSU that was like a deep crosser where he didn't really have to change directions. Um, he's pretty good beating press at the line because he has long arms and he's obviously pretty muscular, uh, and he can you know kind of use his hips to to juke defenders at the line. But once he gets his momentum going, you don't really want to have him stop it and slam on the brakes. So when you say you know uh, he has to go to the right fit. What teams do you think would work for DK Metcalf? Well, I don't really know specifically the team. It would just be how he's used inside a team. Like the team cannot ask him to run that many routes, um, especially early in his career. I think Demarius Thomas, a more juiced up version of Demarius Thomas. Des Bryant. Um, yeah, or Des Bryant, I guess, um, would be a good comparison for him not just because of the size and the speed but early in Demarius Thomas's career you know the first two seasons in Denver he was you know averaging two catches a game there was kind of some talk that he was a boss then in that third season after he presumably learned how to run some routes and and wasn't as one-dimensional that's when he broke out and had five straight thousand yard seasons I think we could be seeing something similar with DK Metcalf um, and that's why to me he's a little bit risky to be picked you know, as the first wide receiver off the board or go inside the top 10. It, uh, the neck injury also is a concern, too, for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he had an injury, I believe, in high school as well. Um, just was not on the field as much as um, A.J. Brown and some of the other receivers that were even more productive at a per-game rate than Metcalf at Ole Miss. It, Who are some receivers that you like in this class? I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I like A.J. Brown as my number one receiver because I think he translates to what the NFL is generally doing with the receivers. They're trying to highlight yards after the catch. And even though he's a bigger, um, you know, over 220-pound wide receiver that that's pretty fast, he's outstanding after the catch. He's almost like a running back in space. Reminds me of Juju Smith-Schuster a little bit. Um, another guy who was really productive in college. Um, and just similar size and athleticism. I think Hakeem Butler from Iowa State. I who, like him. Yeah, mm-hmm. who at almost six six, almost two hundred and thirty pounds, ran a four four seven or four four eight. So he certainly has that downfield speed as well. I think he's more NFL ready. He can run and did run way more routes at Iowa State, and he's better in those contested catch situations. This is a class that just has so many big wide receivers in it. It's not just Metcalf. Chris, for for me, Butler was one of those guys where I'm watching for David Montgomery, and he flashed. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, yeah, and he, he really stood out. Last year, too, when, when um, they had Alan Lazard, who to me was pretty – uh, shocking that he was an undrafted free agent, but you'd see this taller, lankier, more explosive version of Alan Lazard last year in mm-hmm. Butler make a lot of plays down the field, and then he certainly thrived as the team's number one receiver uh, this past season. Okay, well, we are trying to get to know DK Metcalf, guys. Uh, so I will I will follow up by asking to Dave and Jamie, where do you want to see Metcalf go? Um, I'll give you a spot. This I, I haven't really thought about a specific like perfect fit for him, but I know that the Pittsburgh Steelers have had a pretty good success rate with incomplete receivers. And if he were to go there, I think that they've got the well. Richard Mann is leaving as their wide receiver coach, but I, I still believe that they would have enough um, 
coach him ups there to help him become a better route runner. That's the whole key, I think, for for Metcalf is he needs to go somewhere where he can improve on his technique, learn more routes, and uh, develop hopefully a little bit faster than Demarius Thomas, but develop into that number one alpha receiver. I can see Cleveland, you know, where they have uh, a guy that's really their number one in the slot position with Jarvis and needing some help on the outside. Okay. Cleveland is at uh, 17th. Pittsburgh is at 20th. So if he's not your number one receiver, Chris, uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I missed this, where is Metcalf amongst your receivers? I actually have him as my number five receiver, um, which, you know, after the combine seems preposterous, but I obviously base a lot of it on film. Um, of the two guys that I already mentioned, A.J. Brown, Hakeem Butler, I have J.J. Arcega-Whiteside from Stanford, who is another one that to me is – as good as Mike Evans was coming out of Texas A&M in terms of boxing out and rebounding the football, didn't participate in the combine. And then Calvin Harmon, I have just ahead of DK Metcalf, um, didn't have a great um, performance at the combine, but is another one who's a lot more NFL ready in terms of creating separation at the NFL level. Would you have the guts to tell DK Metcalf to his face that you don't have him as the number one wide receiver? Absolutely not, yeah. because he's <laughs> looks like a defensive end. He really does. I've never seen anything like. It, it, I, he's my favorite prospect because I've never seen any any wide receiver look like him. It's it's amazing. Uh, hey Chris, thank you. I'm sure we'll have you on to talk about some other prospects down the line. It was great to hear from you, man. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Hey Chris, Jamie Eisenberg, the nicest guy in fantasy football. It's I mean, probably true. Lies. It's probably true. He's a very nice guy. Lies. All lies. <laughs> all right. That was good stuff. And uh, I look forward to more in-depth breakdowns of a lot of players. think uh, you prospect hounds out there. Do we call them that in football or just baseball? You dynasty people out there. Who's next, Adam? I Give think, us a tease. I think dun, Jacobs. Dun, dun. I think I think we've got to talk about the top running back. Uh, okay. So, you can see if Charlie Castle wants to come on and talk about <laughs> Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyler Murray actually might be a good idea. Uh, news and notes. Landon Collins is a free agent. Trey Flowers, Patriots defensive end, he's a free agent. Eric Weddle. That one was surprising. Ra- Raven safety, he's a free agent. Yeah. Trey Flowers is going to get paid. Oh, yeah, because a lot of the defensive ends got tagged. Flowers did not. Uh, Rams linebacker Mark Barron, free agent. Tampa Bay left tackle Donovan Smith, not a free agent. Three years, $41.25 million. Indianapolis signed Marcus Hunt, defensive tackle, to a two-year deal. Could be worth up to $10 million. Houston released cornerback Kevin Johnson. The Raiders, okay, so the, originally it was like they will play in the Coliseum this year and possibly next year, but now there seems to be some type of snag, so we will hope for the best there. John Gruden wants to get rid of replay. Oh, boy. He doesn't Re- want anybody to see his bad yeah, call yeah. twice. <laughs> replay wants to get rid of John Gruden. Uh, no, don't get rid of replay. And then Baltimore signed Nick Boyle to like a, you know, not not a nothing deal. Three year, what was it? Three years, $18 million. Yeah, Adam Schefter said that 10 teams were interested in him and that they consider him to be, I don't know, the best, but one of the best blocking tight ends in the game. That doesn't help us in fantasy, but that's good to know. I mean, it helps the running backs. It's got to be a great market for Dwayne Allen, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you think that this hurts Hayden Hurst in a long term? No, because Boyle is more of an extra blocker. Than a pass catcher. Well, I mean, right now they're going to go Hayden Hurst at the X. They're going to go Mark <laughs> Andrews at the Y. You know, it wouldn't be terrible if they did that. Yes, it would. Uh, they wouldn't be downfield. They'd just have to just. <laughs> Neither would the Ravens' offense. <laughs> spread, spread, <laughs> spread offense that doesn't go any farther than five yards downfield. What if they had a seven point lead in the fourth quarter, like the beginning of the fourth quarter? Would you be okay with this strategy? Um, yeah, because they can just grind their way right? to yeah, yeah. field goals and. And touchdowns. Justin Tucker is the best kicker in football by far. Who had more fantasy points last year? Ricky Seals Jones or Nick Boyle? Rick Seals Boyle. Ricky Seals Jones. Ah. Ricky Seals Boyle. Who <laughs> had more fantasy points last year? Jeff Swaim or Nick Boyle? Jeff Swaim. Jeff Boyle. Who had more fantasy points last year? Lee Smith or Nick Boyle? Nick Boyle. Nope. Lee Smith. I know a guy named Lee Smith. And uh, Jason Lockenfora saying the Browns, 49ers, and Raiders were the teams he heard the most connected to a possible Beckham trade. 
So Browns, 49ers, Ravens, Raiders. I Jamie, prefer the Niners. Jamie, could you imagine what it would be like if Odell was traded during the podcast? <laughs> How Adam, oh. the Giants fan, would react? Would you burn your uh, Giants Odell Beckham it's jersey? It's so big it would take months to burn, I fear. Um, and I, I feel like it could well, I guess be- you can't you can't burn it if he's traded. You can only burn it if he leaves as a free agent. That's right. right? Yeah. That's that's the move. Unless you request a trade. Uh correct. I feel like I can burn the jersey based on the like stupid mean interview that he gave about the Giants last year, but I won't do it because it's you, you can just save you. it for the winter and that apparently based on the size will support your family with heat right. for <laughs> basically a good amount of time. Uh let's do some team needs. Let's finish up our team needs. Do the AFC. So I will do these a little faster than we did the NFC ones because free agency's coming up, so we gotta get to sixteen teams. Jamie, I gave you the East and the South, I believe. Yes. Dave, the North and the West. Uh, every time I say the North, I get pumped for Game of Thrones. Oh, my God, yes. Yep. I got to watch the trailer. You haven't watched the trailer yet? No, I know. It's crazy. Even <laughs> I've watched the trailer, and I don't watch Game of Thrones. What is wrong with you? I need to watch right, Game of Thrones. I've got to, yes. You got, you got about a month to catch up. You can do it. You can do seven seasons in a month. I'll watch through the squiggly lines <laughs> on cable. <laughs> uh, so... Team needs for the AFC East. Jamie, let's go to the Dolphins first. Uh, yeah, I'll make these quick. Uh, they need a quarterback. Um, they're going to move on from Ryan Tannehill. They need some wide receiver help. Um, I think their running back situation is is relatively safe. I would hope their tight end situation is safe. I'd like to see Mike Gusecki get a bigger role uh, under Jim Caldwell and, and Brian Flores. Caldwell being the um, – I think the guy will be in charge of Colin Blazer. Not Chad O'Shea. I think it will be Caldwell Colin Blazer. Wow, um, all right. Oh, the, the two of them, O'Shea and, and, and Caldwell. I was actually on the plane with them going to uh, the Combine. Um, oh, fun. Should have asked them. But uh, <laughs> quarter, there were a lot of prospects on the plane, too. It was an interesting flight. Um, the quarterback situation is going to determine, I think, how this team looks. Uh, will they spend on one of the remaining free agents now that Flacco and Foles are out of the mix? Will they try to get Bridgewater? Will they try to get Tyrod Taylor, uh, Case Keenum, you know, once he's eventually free? Um or well, let me, they... ask, let me ask you this. What, what, how would the quarterback situation affect your drafting of Kenyon Drake? If it's somebody like Tyrod, who has shown us when he was a starter in Buffalo for 16 games, that the run game can be successful when he's there because he's a mobile quarterback, I will be fine with Drake if they commit to him, which I was really surprised how high he finished in PPR last season. Oh, I, I believe he was a top 12 running back. Oh, I never gave the stat. Two top 18 running backs averaged less than 4.5 yards per carry. Adrian Peterson, 4.2. David Johnson, 3.6. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I think he was about 14th. Yeah, you're 14. right. 14. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but that's has, still that's good. Very like, good. It's amazing. I, I don't yeah, think, amazing. I didn't think he had no. finished. Uh, give he the guy nine, work. Nine. Give him work. Huh? Give him work. Yeah, no, I mean, he, uh, you know, some of his numbers are clearly inflated by some of the bigger plays that he had, but um, still, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 it'll, it'll impact it, but I think you're looking at him as a flex player with chance to be starter. But I think Kalen Balaj is going to get some work too because I think he deserves it. And then receiver, receiver beside behind uh, what should be a healthy Albert Wilson and Kenny Stills. How about the Jets? Jets need to add a running back. Um, I, I like Elijah McGuire, but they need some help there at that position. We'll see if they're in the market for Le'Veon Bell or Tevin Coleman, as the reports suggest. And some O-line help. And the Bills? Uh, offensive line, I think, is the biggest priority, but receiver as well. Uh, you mentioned that Zay Jones is probably their number one guy. Uh, Foster is going to be in the mix there as well, but they need a guy that can help. I think DK Metcalf is going to be in play for them at nine uh, in the draft. And then running back depth behind LaShawn McCoy, who appears to be coming back. I'm just trying to pull up. <clears throat> yeah, let, let me take a look at the top NFL free agents on CBSSports.com. And it's changed. Trey Flowers, Landon Collins, 1-2. Trent Brown is a free agent. That was New England's left tackle. Uh, I'm just wondering, Matt Paradis is number six on this list. Yeah, Roger Saffold will be in the mix, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, just is John Sullivan on the list? He should be now, yeah. Uh, he's not in the top 20, but he's, he exists. He did not have a good year last year. Daryl Williams, tackle for the Panthers. Okay. Yeah, Roger Saffold is 17th. Okay, so where are we now? Where are the Patriots? Mm-hmm. What do they yeah, need? 
uh, receiver. Um, you know, uh, offensive line clearly still an issue for them too. Now that Brown is most likely gone, and we'll see if tight end based on Gronk and what his situation will be. But you know, they're losing three receivers in Hogan, Dorsett, and Cordero, uh, along with not having Josh Gordon. So it's Julian Edelman, and if no Gronk, it's going to be ugly for them. I would imagine they'll draft a receiver. They've got Isaiah Wynn coming back from injury. That'll help them on the offensive line. I think it, it keeps the pressure off of them having to take an offensive tackle, say, with their first-round pick. If they draft a wide receiver with a first- or second-round pick, and I say this not, Could be a tight end too. Don't, knowing, don't rule it out. I say this not knowing. Mm, I know they have the 32nd pick. Iowa guys. I don't know if they have a second-round pick, but I hope they do. But if, if the Patriots— They have multiple second-round okay, picks. Okay, good. So the Patriots take a wide receiver in the first or second round. Yeah, you know, what what kind of fantasy impact do you think that would have? I think it depends who it is. I, I think they're definitely going to be in play for Noah Fant. He just fits fits what they like to do. You know, a guy that can move at that position. Okay, AFC North, Dave. Start with the Ravens. They need to reload at receiver. We know that Crabtree's gone. John Brown's a free agent. Willie Sneed could get cut, and they saved over six million in cap space. I think that's their biggest need. They need to find receivers that can make plays after the catch to, and have deep speed because th- those are the two hugest factors that Lamar Jackson's going to need. Uh, they might want a running back addition. I don't know how much they're in love with Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon as their top two running backs. We know that Alex Collins isn't there. They might need another quarterback to go behind Lamar Jackson just in case he doesn't last or in case he just doesn't improve as a passer. They'll want something other than RG3 to have behind him. And uh, that's about it. I think their offensive line's in pretty good shape. Their tight end situation is, it's deep. It's not great for fantasy, at least not on the surface. But I think they're going to be okay there. I think they're really going to look heavy at wide receiver. So that's the Ravens. If they get a wide receiver that you have some interest in, whether it's a free agent or a or a draft pick, is that like, oh, gosh, I I hate that he went to Baltimore? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, Cincinnati. Tight end is a need for them. Tyler Eifert, Tyler Croft, CJ Uzama. Uzama. <laughs> they are all free agents and don't know if they'll bring back any of them. Remember, it's a new coaching staff there. Uh, offensive line is still an issue. They need an offensive tackle for sure and probably another interior lineman. And Andy Dalton do $16 million bucks this year, $17 million bucks next year. And they can get away from him and save that cap space anytime they want. Do they want to find a quarterback of the future behind Andy Dalton? And what about a running back to replace Giovanni Bernard, who is in a contract year himself? Well, they did that last year, though. Yeah, that guy didn't turn out to be so hot on or off the field. Mm. And I, I forget his name, forget where he went to school. You Mark, know. Mark Walton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, from yeah. our alma mater. Oh, I hung out with a uh, Hurricanes legend at the combine. You did? Michael Irvin, huh? Nope. Uh, running back. Clinton Portis. Edge. Nope. Nope. Edron James in nope. Indy. The first, the original. The original. Otis Anderson. Nope. Well, I guess after him. Uh, James Jackson. De- Melvin Bratton, man. You guys are terrible. Melvin uh, Bratton. Uh, okay, that's Nice fine. guy. Very nice guy. That's cool. Nicer than you? Much nicer. <laughs> New Bengals coach Zach Taylor, by the way, as we all know. So they're going to look a little bit different. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, That's we're good there. We're good there. We're good. Uh, Cleveland. Uh, they definitely need a receiver. They need a number one receiver in the worst way. I don't think Jarvis Landry's it. I don't think Antonio Callaway's it. Um, They're talking about bringing back Rashad Perryman, who played well for them. but He not did, but I don't know if he can be that number one receiver sure. for them. Um, and they need some offensive line depth. They're clearly great at running back with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. There's rumors about Duke Johnson getting traded. Um, that shouldn't be a surprise. He's got a high cap number, and they can just use Kareem Hunt to do what Duke Johnson did, and it'll be better for Cleveland. And uh, tight end, they're good with Najoku. John Dorsey had an interesting quote about Najoku. He was praising him very much, and somebody said, well, what's keeping him from taking that next level and being one of these elite-level tight ends? And he said, be a better blocker. Ah, yes. Yes, That not a huge surprise. He was always considered pretty raw coming out of college. Uh, Pittsburgh, Dave. What do the Steelers what need? What does Pittsburgh need? Some Steelers fans will say they need a new head coach, but that's not something that they're going to get this offseason. Uh, receiver depth, first and foremost. Juju's going to be their number one. Who's going to be their number two? Is it going to be James Washington? They are probably going to draft someone. And, and like I mentioned, with landing spots for DK Metcalf, 
Uh, receivers that go to Pittsburgh, that's they either do really, really well, like Brown, like Juju, like Martavis Bryant, and so on, or they flame out quick, like Lima Swede. So hopefully <laughs> it'll be the former and not the latter. Uh, Jesse James sounds like he's coming back. I think they're going to be good at tight end. Are they cool at running back with Connor and Jalen Samuels? I don't think that they're going to try and force the issue and get another running back with one of their early picks on draft day. But it wouldn't be a surprise if they they kind of have their eye on maybe an undrafted running back and that guy comes in and ends up looking good in the preseason and they keep him as depth behind James Conner. Do you want to see them, if you were a Juju Smith-Schuster owner, do you want to see the Steelers invest in wide receiver, either with like a first or second round pick or a free agent? Yeah, that won't bother me. If it's a rookie receiver, it won't bother me. And they're, I don't, they're going to add somebody. Yeah, they're, I don't, they're, they're, I, they're not like, letting Antonio Brown walk out the door without adding someone. What, what if it's Golden Tate, who I, I think is the best wide receiver? I mean, Tyrell Williams maybe, but best free agent wide receiver. I think it's Golden Tate. What, what if they? I'm not saying they will. I'm, they probably won't. But if they added Golden Tate, you know, what would that do? I, I don't think it's yeah. that. It, it's maybe a slight downgrade, but I don't think it's a huge downgrade. They do so many different things. Right. Okay. <clears throat> and I don't see a reason why they'd add Tyrell Williams. I mean. Doesn't seem to be a good fit. AFC South. Actually, I would say that he would be a good fit there. Why? He, like Juju does what he does, is only better. But he's more of an outside type of receiver, whereas Juju can line up anywhere. Okay. So AFC South, Jamie. Let's start with the Colts. What do they need? Well, the Colts need some receiver help. Um, you know, you look at uh, T.Y. Hilton and, and Eric Ebron and what those guys are capable of doing. But outside of that, you know, they liked what Dontrell Inman did last season. And Ryan Grant and Chester Rogers had some moments. But this, you want to talk about where Golden Tate should end up? This is where Golden Tate should end up because he could play the slot, doesn't have to be forced outside. They could still use one of those other guys in an outside position just to, you know, have some moments. But, you know, you, you think about what the target share could be for him in that spot. Um, I think it'd be fantastic. So I, I'd like to see them add somebody of significance as a number two receiver. Did you see the report that Tyrell Williams was being checked into by the Colts? No. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't... Aren't... He's Hilton. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, right. Hilton is better than Tyrell Williams. <laughs> right, right, right. But aren't they kind of the same? No, because T.Y. could play inside. I, I feel huh. like T.Y. Hilton... Okay, this is just me being like a casual football fan, not trying to be a scout or anything. I feel like he was sort of forced to show that he's that he can do more on the field last year because Luck's arm wasn't what it typically is. And he showed, he proved it, you know. He did a great job not just being a big play guy. Well, it's also the coaching staff change. So there are people in there moving him around. Um, Okay, so that's I wonder if the Philadelphia coaching staff will go to Frank Reich, who they're friends with, and say, eh, maybe not Golden Tate. He might not be so good for you. Yeah, but see, the the Eagles were kind of, their hand was forced because they needed somebody that they could play on the outside. It was just a dumb trade because he's not an outside receiver. He's not a dominant outside receiver. They need somebody who could run. It almost felt like they were just being desperate because Dallas made a move. Jamie, what does Houston need? Um, what did I send you? <laughs> Three <laughs> suggestions. Yeah, what position? Uh, offensive line, offensive line, and offensive line. Yeah, you know, I, I think... Could you rank those, please? <laughs> uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, talked about what Deontay Foreman could potentially be when healthy. They seem very committed, once again, to Lamar Miller. We'll see if that plays itself out. Um, but, we, you know, you, you mentioned this, that their receiving core is better than, what, four or five teams that you listed combined? <laughs> Right. Um, so their receiving core is set. Their quarterback is set. I, I think they're set at running back, uh, but they were just a abysmal, abysmal unit up front. And so that's the area of need by leaps and bounds. Spend all of your free agent and draft capital on fixing the offensive line. Amen. And then what do you think happened? Who's their starting running back? Lamar Miller. Okay. Oh, that's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. He's okay. He's all right. Uh, Jack, it's exactly the sound effects to describe him. Jacksonville. What do Jacksonville needs a lot on offense, Jamie? What do they need? Well, assuming that Nick Foles is their quarterback, um, because if not, then they need quarterback help. But offensive line, you know, they're going to get better getting the three guys: center, left guard, left tackle back from injury. Cam Robinson um, at left tackle, assuming he stays there. But Norwell and Linder uh, both missed a lot of all three missed a lot of time last season with injuries. So that was a big part of what happened to them. Uh, they're going to need some running back depth. We'll see if Corey Grant um, comes back as their number two guy, or, or they like David Williams, who they got from Denver last season off their practice squad. But Leonard Fournette should be back and maybe better than ever. Uh, that would be the hope. But I still think they need another guy back there because they're going to move on from 
uh, Carlos Hyde, but they need a tight end. Uh, they need some help at wide receiver too. Um, you know, this is a team that could be in play if they want to. If they do sign Foles as expected, they could be in the DK Metcalf conversation because he would fit there for the type of receivers that they have. Marquise Lee can play in the slot when he's you know now back healthy. D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, D.J. Chark. They just need a guy, I think, on top of that group, and so they may be in play for him uh, with their first round pick in the top ten. And then you know we'll see what they do to uh, supplement their offensive line. Am I the only one who, when he hears DJ Chark, thinks do, 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 DJ yeah, Chark, DJ Chark, do, 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 oh, do, yeah. Do, do, do. oh yeah, every time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're not the only one. Tennessee, they need help. Jamie, uh, what, what does Tennessee need? Uh, they may need a quarterback. Um, you know, I, I I don't know the health of Mariota. You know, you, you hear the reports that he should be fine, but that could be a team that also takes one of the younger players. And like Dave was talking about Cincinnati. I think you, you put Tennessee kind of in a similar situation because they're gonna have to make a call on on a long term extension for Marcus Mariota, I believe. Um, so, but wide receiver. You know, you look at this receiving core. Corey Davis, I don't think is going to live up to the hype that we hope he can get to, or the 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 level that we hope he can get to. There's still potential there, but. This receiving core is bad. Their running back situation is set. Their offensive line is pretty good. Um, but they need some help uh, in the playmaking department, especially if Delaney Walker is not ready, which I think is a surprise given what the hope was when he first got hurt in week one last year. Can Mariota make a wide receiver great in fantasy? I think the answer is no, just based on what we've seen. Yeah, starting to look that way. Okay, let's go to the AFC West, Dave. Let's finish it off. Let's start with the Broncos. So, the you know, John Elway gets a lot of flack for how he's – loused up picking quarterbacks, but you got to give him credit for what he's done at wide receiver and running back. I think the Broncos are set at both of those positions, particularly if they're going to hang on to Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know if I agree with that position, but, or that decision, but the position seems well stocked and a running back with Philip Lindsay, it seems good tight end. They've been, they've been throwing darts at tight end for years. Maybe they go in that direction again, but Jake Butts coming back. Hopefully he'll start to pay off. So I, I look at offensive line. I think that's obvious for them. They're going to need the interior of that line to step up. And who who will replace Joe Flacco after they start two and six next year? <laughs> oh man, who I have no idea. I'm uh, nervous about this offense. Are you nervous for and for Philip Lindsay? Yes. Yeah. Kansas City. You nervous about their offense? No, I think they'll be okay. Uh, I, I do think they'd be foolish not to address running back at some point this offseason. I don't think that needs to be splashy. Um, it sounds like, Jamie, you, you confirmed it for us that Damian Williams is going to be their guy. Yeah. They were all in on him at the Combine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, both uh, both uh, Veach um, and Veach, right? That's Veach, Brett yep. Veach and yep. uh, Andy Reid. I, I always want to say Leach, but Veach, yeah. Um, and, uh, and Andy Reid, you know, mostly Veach. Certainly committing to to Damian Williams right now. You know, sure. I, I'm sure at this point, last year, and 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 I'll go back to last year. Uh, Andy Reid at the um, at the uh, uh, two two years ago. I'm sorry, at the Pro Bowl. Two years ago, Andy Reid committing to Spencer Ware before they drafted Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Or no, I guess it would be three years ago. Well, I mean, he committed to Jamal Charles at the Pro Bowl. Whenever, when was the last time I was at the Pro Bowl? Was that two years ago, three years? Three years ago. ago. Yeah, I mean, before they drafted Kareem Hunt, he was he was sure. It's it's uh, it's, it's all subject to change, but I, I like what they're saying about Damian Williams. But they could probably use an another running back there. They could probably use another receiver just just for depth. You know, spend a fifth round pick on a receiver. There's some talk that they're in the Antonio Brown conversation. Um, you know, oh that, my that, god, that would be uh, certainly interesting if they could find a way to make that happen. Um, It'd be a surprise because they have so many holes to fill defensively. And aren't they about to pay Tyreek Hill gobs the, of they're, the, the reporters, they're going to pay Tyreek Hill the biggest contract uh, for a receiver ever. So um, that may I'd go, be shocked if they got it. They may go against that. There, there are also some talk that they may be in the Le'Veon Bell sweepstakes too. Come on. Hey, how much do you guys like Sammy Watkins? 509 yards and three touchdowns in 10 games. Uh, it wasn't really healthy in week 11. So maybe it's more like nine games. Uh, yeah, how, how much do you like Sammy Watkins? I feel like he was pretty good, but obviously inconsistent, which I not a surprise. One of our first mock drafts that we did, I think I got him as a as a fourth receiver, um, and I, I'll I, I love that wow. scenario um, because I think he'll end up being a, a a good number three if he's healthy. When he's healthy, he'll be a, a, a borderline starter as we saw last season. The problem is though, I mean, it's just. It's been proven over the course of his career since he was drafted in 2014. He cannot stay on the field. So you just have to understand that, that if you're willing to take up a roster spot 
and you may be somebody that you drop at some point. But if you get him, you know, close to double digit rounds, I think anything after round eight, you'll be thrilled with that. He takes up 10% of their salary cap this year. They're, they can't cut him. Uh, he would count 15 million in dead money on their salary cap if they cut him this year. Next year, they'll save 14 million if they cut him. But it's, it, he's stuck. He's going to be on Kansas City. So what about the Los Angeles Chargers, Dave? What do they need? Well, I'm, we're still waiting for them to get an heir to Phillip Rivers. Uh, I would love to see Phillip Rivers play forever, but it's probably not going to happen. And Tyrell Williams looks like he's going to leave the Chargers. Do they add another receiver there? I think they're good at running back and tight end. Even if Antonio Gates hangs them up, I think they're okay there. And I think their offensive line is pretty good too. So they're, they're one of the teams that's built real well without even like major, major draft needs. Just about every team has at least one big draft need. The off-season need. Maybe we call it that. They need linebacker bad defensively. Then let's move on to the last team. Go to the Raiders and uh, save some yeah, time. Yeah, this is one of those teams that does have a lot of offseason <laughs> needs. Uh, they defense is they need help on defense almost everywhere. Um, they they need at least one more offensive tackle because they've got two young guys playing tackle that um, struggled quite a bit last year. They need answers at receiver. They need answers at running back. What they don't need they answers need? at tight end if they don't sign yeah. Jared Cook. Um, I, I think everything on Oakland is pretty much up for grabs. Right. right offensively, save for Derek Carr, who I think they're stuck with, and Jalen Richard, who they tendered with a second-round level as a restricted free agent. I don't think anybody's going to sign Jalen Richard and give up their second-round pick for him. So he'll be, he'll be back. He'll be part of that running back mix for the Raiders. Good stuff, guys. Thank you. I appreciate the, uh, the work you put in on that. Hope it was helpful for everybody. Give you a little preview as free agency and the draft are right around the corner. The Raiders are going to look very, very different in a few months. Emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This is from Coach K from Cameron Indoor. Hey, Trey, Cam, RJ, and Zion. Those are Duke players. Yes, and I would like to officially announce that I am team RJ Barrett as the number one player in the draft. I believe Not Zion? Yes, I believe he will be the better NBA player. Don't know enough about it to... He's to got a more well-rounded game. Clearly. He's amazing. Zion's pretty great, shoes too. hold up? <laughs> uh, I'm wanting to create the best league. I was wondering uh, the preferences for your settings. Four points versus six point per passing touchdown. Full point or half point PPR. Bonuses for 100 yards rushing receiving. Give me your ideal league. Well, it starts with an auction. Not a draft. Sold. And uh, I'm fine with a form of PPR. Half or full. Doesn't matter to half, me. Half. I, I kind of like I kind of like tiered PPR actually. No, where you get a little bit of a bonus for the tight ends. <laughs> Why? Because what is the point of that? To make them more valuable. Why? I just said make them <laughs> more valuable. <laughs> just don't, okay. I never I never understood that. It's such I also a like thing I, I've come around on multiple flex spots. So two running backs, Ooh, yeah. two receivers, yeah. one tight end, two flex spots, mm-hmm. and uh, three kickers. How many teams? Three kickers. I, I like fourteen. I'm I'm I like the deeper leagues. I would I like, like to, the nightlife. I would like to propose to be a little wacky. This would not be my ideal league. Um letting especially in a deeper league, letting kickers be a flex. Eh. Okay. That doesn't move my needle. And uh so Jamie, not, two as using two of them or just one? Uh no right, yeah no kicker required but you can use one as a flex. Hmm. Those deep leagues you know you're really searching yeah you take the eight points from the kicker. Yeah from a scoring standpoint it would help you but I don't think a lot of people would actually probably start the kicker. Don't underestimate people. They, maybe during the bye weeks. <laughs> maybe if I endorse it they'll do it. Like if Ryan Suckup was on waivers and he had been kicking well. Yeah. People would, would chase him. I can't get the DJ Chark song out of my head. <laughs> 12 teams for me, half PPR, no stupid tiered PPR. Uh, why don't we split the difference and go five-point passing touchdown? Be creative for, you know. Yeah, it's weird that more people know that. We do yeah. that in our office league. That's true. The big, deep office league. That Auctions point. are great. Uh, five bench spots. Two flexes is a great idea. And I'm done. All right, Jamie will chime in. We'll get that. We'll get that question fifteen more times before the year's over. Spencer from a small town in West Michigan. 
Uh, Grand Rapids. Dear Bobby, Lou, Freddie, and Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Weren't those dwarves? It's, got, it's probably from Snow White. I'm gonna say it's Goodfellas. It's always Goodfellas, or it's some type of gangster movie. Uh, please grade the following trade: half PPR Dynasty. Give up Le'Veon Bell and John Brown. Get Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton. Uh, the first, the sixth picks of round one and two. In your dynasty draft. So 1.6 and 2.6. Yeah. For both Bell and Brown, giving up Bell and John Brown, getting Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, 1.6 and 2.6. I don't think you're getting enough in return. As, as much as I think Le'Veon Bell may not have much longer in the NFL. Uh, it also could depend on where John Brown ends up. 1.6 will be either one of the best receivers or a capable running back prospect. Two six I could be anything. Could end up being Kyler Murray. So I think what they're trying to say is D plus. I, I speak Dave and Jamie. This is from Rusty. Where's he from? Rusty's from Kansas. <laughs> ten, uh, ten team five. Keeper. He goes to Tico Taco. Ted, what is that? Yeah, if those who know know. Okay, uh, and they're probably drinking wine. Ten team, uh, five keeper league, half PPR. I said, oh, like I know what you're talking about, but I still have no idea. I was offered a trade for Dante Pettis and the first pick in the rookie draft. I'd give up Pettis and the first pick in the rookie draft. I would get Aaron Jones and the third pick of the rookie draft. Oh, also, Pettis is an eighth round keeper and Jones would be a, actually, I think Pettis is a seventh round keeper and Jones would be a second round keeper. So you give up Pettis and the first pick for Aaron Jones and the third pick, and you lose five spots, five draft rounds. Sorry, in the in the draft. It sounds like a you know team need specific. One team needs a receiver. One team needs a running back. Yeah, I think I'd do it because they're they're kind of similar in their dynasty value. Jones has a higher ceiling, but his longevity is not going to be as good as Pettis. I'll take Pettis and Josh Jacobs for Aaron Jones. Yeah, it makes and- makes more sense. And, uh, and given the, the round value, too. Okay. Then here's a question from Barbara from the city where Reggie Bush and Alex Smith went to high school together. Um, it's somewhere in California, no? Definitely. Yeah. Let's call it uh, El Camino. Okay, Barbara says, 10-team half PPR keeper league. Keepers cost their draft round plus one. Undrafted players are round eight. And players can be kept multiple years, but always cost one extra round. So Kittle, Damian Williams, and James Conner all were undrafted, so it would cost me my seventh and eighth round picks. Um, I guess she has to pick two. Oh, yes, pick two out of Kittle, Damian Williams, and James Conner. Kittle and Conner. I believe I would also go Kittle and Conner. And an email from No Namer City Dave. Let's go with Barbara from the city where Reggie Bush and Alex Smith Two played high school football together. Two questions for Barbara. Wow. Hey, Jim, Steve, and Ty. Oh, God, I feel like I have to know that. You sure it's Ty, not T.Y.? No, but it says Ty. Could those possibly be BYU quarterbacks? Yeah, that's exactly could be, what it could it be, is. Could, it could be Jack because Jack talks Ty. <laughs> it, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Six-player keeper league. My keeper's... That might be worth keeping our Le'Veon Bell in the first, Michael Thomas in the first, DeAndre Hopkins in the first, Philip Lindsay in the sixteenth, ding, Jared Cook in the sixteenth, Evan Ingram in the tenth, James White in the sixteenth. And no, I don't know the format. I was offered Leonard Fournette and Devontae Adams, both the first round values for DeAndre Hopkins. Should I do this trade? So every player he keeps, that's the round he loses. I guess. How do you keep two first round picks? Are they do they become right. first, that's, second? That's yeah. the question. So he's keeping three of those guys. No, six. He can keep up to six, but three of them on his team are are, are first round picks. So how do you keep them? So I mean, look, if he if it just dings them around each time, you're keeping. He's keeping Le'Veon for a second and Michael Thomas for a third. I'm sticking so with that keep, all day. You're keeping Hopkins, right? He's keeping right, he has Hopkins. Right, yes. So Hopkins, Thomas, and Bell. And that's only three of his keepers, yes. And then Lindsay, for sure, that's four. 
James White would probably be another one. In 16th round, yeah, it's five. And, and then, then Evan Engram probably. Unless would Jared it. Cook goes to, let's say, New Orleans or something like that. I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I just don't get it. Barbara, your second question needs more explanation. Okay, Dave, Jamie, thank you very much. And yeah. Wait, Barbara, I have one more question. Christian Paso, by the way, thank you for coming on. What was your question, Jamie? Uh, her question was, how do you say gotta go back? <laughs> Just like that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Tuesday with Free Agency 2.